The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 73. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hello and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies and series, including SG-1 Atlantis Universe and more. I'm Father Corey Stika. With me today are Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs. Howdy, Lisa. Hey, Father Corey. Howdy, Victor. How do you do, Father Corey? Before we begin, I'd like to invite you to join our Discord server. We're having a lot of fun over there, a lot of good discussion, and you can join in those discussions on all our shows. Get your invite at sqpn.com slash discord. All are invited to join, even if you're not a Patreon patron. Of course, we would like to have you as a Patreon patron as well. Go to sqpn.com slash merch to get your t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and much more like the Secrets of Star Trek one that you absolutely can't see me wearing right now. Uh, you can get that and more at uh, sqpn.com slash merch. Today we're discussing Scorched Earth, the ninth episode from the fourth season of Stargate SG-1. After finally getting the Incarn people settled on a planet that meets their needs, troubling news comes from another village. A giant ship is terraforming the planet in order to restore the Gadmir, a sulfuric-based bug-like species that went extinct a thousand years ago. SG-1 is teleported onto the ship and meets Lotan, a biomechanical robot created to interface with the humans and Incarns. Turns out the planet also meets the requirements for terraforming to reestablish the Gadmir civilization, and that the ship cannot begin again on another planet. While Colonel O'Neill looks for a way to stop the ship, eventually settling to Major Carter's chagrin, on turning a Nequita generator into a bomb, Daniel convinces Lotan to stop the terraforming long enough to find the original Incarn world in the ship's database. This allows Lotan to take the Incarns to their homeworld, after which the ship will return and finish the terraforming. What do you think of this one, Lisa? I like this one. This is, uh, it's just... Stargate. I mean, this is what makes the show the show. You've got Technobabble, you've got um, Jack and Daniel arguing and angsting over each other. You've got new aliens, um, really, really good uh, uh, ship and um, scenery and stuff like that. And you got your little quips. Unfortunately, I will say Tilt didn't have much to do. Mm-mm. And and Carter didn't have that much to do besides techno babble and exposition. But overall, I like it, and I I, well, I know we're going to talk about this. I like that they wrap it up in a neat little bow at the end. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about you there, Victor? Well, this certainly is an episode of Stargate SG One. I I had very or very fond memories of this episode, and then I rewatched it and. Really, it has Brian Markinson in it, of like who you've seen in just about everything, whether or not you've seen him in everything. Yep. He's been in everything. <laughs> He's very good in it. Uh, the giant ship is good. Uh, there are some good ideas, but 
this episode, like rewatching it again, didn't do a lot for me. I, no. I, yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a perfectly serviceable episode. Like I said, there's, there's some good things that are working for it, but at the end of the day, it, 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 it just kind of, it's just there for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm kind of in the middle of you. I'm not quite as enthusiastic as you are, Lisa, about it. And I'm definitely not as eh on it uh, as Victor is. I'm kind of right, right firmly in the middle. It's enjoy, enjoy the episode. Yeah. This is, this is one I've always enjoyed. Um, you know, especially you get kind of the, uh, the, the data character, you know, that Lotan is definitely a data. I mean, that's, that's what he is. I don't understand why they would be so upset about I'm destroying the world that they've decided is their new home world. <laughs> I can't understand that, but he, he uh, even has just, the yellow eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's he, only he, a day old. <laughs> yeah. But he gets the development, you know, kind of gets the development of, Oh, okay. And then, you know, of course at the end where he goes, well, you can join us. Well, that's not against my programming. That sounds like a data answer. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it because it's not against my programming. You know? <laughs> so I really enjoyed watching Daniel try to use logic and reasoning mm-hmm. in order to effectuate the change he wanted. So maybe yeah. that's the former lawyer in me, but it was really neat seeing him kind of lead him down that path of well, well, they were built a civilization on laws and peace and civility mm-hmm. and life, and so how can their new civilization be built on? genocide you know i i really like the way they did that oh absolutely that was a very nice line it's like you're you're here to protect life on the ship or are you here to protect the integrity of the life on this ship right mm-hmm. that was that was a very good point how, how do you think your masters would feel when you got them all resurrected and created and then all of a sudden uh oh yeah you did this by killing everyone off yeah <laughs> in the incarns case though i <laughs> They're just a bunch of like whiner babies. They're never satisfied with anything. Like, why'd you save us from the ghoul and bring us here? And now there's a ship that's going to kill us. Yeah. And why? Why wine, didn't you? Wine, wine. Why is it? You said we'd be safe here, and now you're not. Now it's like, <laughs> I guess I could kind of understand though, because you know, if you've ever had to move a lot, it's like yeah. you know, I packed up all my stuff. And it's, it took me forever to pack all this stuff up. And we moved here, and now we got to do it all again. I mean, I can understand. And, oh, you know, and if we don't move, we're going to die. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just well, it's terrible just little things like that. They won't die. Do they still have the address of that water planet from Watergate? Just yeah. dial that up and just send them through. See if they like that better. They won't go blind. Actually, they were the the Incarns were what they they actually mentioned them in Watergate. They're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, how is it? How's that Incarn situation working out?" And it's like, "I don't know. Let's dial it up and see." And then that's when they are locked yep. out by the Soviet mm-hmm. gate. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we first gate, hear sorry. about them. Yeah, we first hear about them because of the issues of the Russian gate. Uh, They're waiting to hear back or check in on them or something. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. So yeah, it's it's kind of rare though that they'll do that where they'll throw something like that out there in one episode as a one liner. Oh, we're waiting for you know SG ten to come back from planet P three one two three four five, and we can't get a hold of them, and you never hear anything about P one two three four five. You know, so it's pretty rare that they actually follow up on that. And I doubt when we watched it the first time twenty something years ago, if we if the if the name and Karin stuck in our heads, mm-hmm. maybe it did for y'all. I don't. I, I can mm-hmm. honestly say I didn't notice it until watching it this time around. This loop, you know that right. the Karens, and then here it is in two more episodes. So that was I like the way they planted that. Well, and if they had gone in the, the order they initially intended to do it, 
that this would have been right after Watergate. And then, oh, okay, right, right, because uh, you're mentioning that this was the first episode written by Melzani and, and the other writer, and then Window of Opportunity was the second one, right? Is that what yeah, you said, this, Victor? Yeah, this was the first uh, Malazi and Mully episode written, which kind of I think got them the job. And then they wrote Window of Opportunity, and they produced Window of Opportunity first. So, so if, I don't if know what d- they were. Yeah, if they had done that order, then it would have been, then it would have been right after that episode too. So. Just kind of an interesting, interesting way that could have worked out where it could have made a little bit more of a connection again. Yeah. If, if you're watching it two weeks later and you're not looking at a, a wiki that doesn't exist because wikis didn't exist when this when yeah. this was on, you know, there, there'd be some, you know, uh, Usenet channel where, you know, some nerd is like, well, I think we heard about these people before, but I, my VCR tape got over recorded. So no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> on a, Just on kidding. a bulletin board, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know why I don't like the Encarans? Like with the passion, <laughs> it's because they remind me so much of the uh, Madronans in the season two episode Touchstone. Oh, you kidding? <laughs> where they're just like the guy's blind, like the chief is blind, right, or something, and he's always asking what's happening, and then he has like a daughter who's like just complains about like, "Where's our Touchstone? You took our Touchstone, bring it back! <laughs> oh, We're that all going one, yes, to that die!" One, yeah. And then it's they, all they do is sit there and complain in the incarnates. I'm like. It, it's like social agency. Granted, you're you were abducted from your planet by the Gould, right? SG one saved you. Nothing is certain in this world. <laughs> you know, they they did ask SG one to uh, get their weapons. They would fight yeah. with SG one's weapons. Yeah, yeah, that that's gonna work, especially when you know they go back <laughs> yeah. to Earth and and General Hammond's like, nope, nope, not gonna yeah. happen. <laughs> and then, so here's the, so they the, the, obviously this is a main plot point, but they have an, an Aquita generator with them. And they they talk in the opening like bit about like oh and and this generator you've brought that will power our city, and you're like looking at well you're living in tents right now you have yeah. giant cauldrons over open flames, like yeah. where exactly is this city? <laughs> well, and they, and well, it's been a month. It's been yeah, a month. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean they've got of course they've got a couple of buildings, but it it, it looks like you know there's you know enough room for. 20 people maybe in the those structures they're building but yeah i mean that's it's, obviously the idea is you know the villages start out on their own and then they move into more permanent civilization but they're just gonna speed it up with an aqua generator yeah exactly well at least to protect them when the weather gets colder that's so. true yeah yeah but yeah they can plug that into their big buddy propane heater or something and well and it, it's funny because you know th- th- talking about the opening scene it's like boy it's gotten really cold and uh well, if we didn't expect to get this cold, then we find out later that they were only searching for a habitable planet for like two weeks. Sorry, you're not going to have an idea what the full weather system of this planet is going to be like in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. how good you are. <laughs> Put on this a sweater. Because this, yeah. this could be, you know, this could be a five, this planet could have a 500 year season cycle where it's a 2000 year cycle around the, the earth by the way that was a plot line in doctor who classic who at one point a planet that had a 500 year season cycle that every you know 500 years the seasons changed and so this could be you know the beginning of of uh the 500 se- years be a long winter that's for sure mm-hmm. wasn't there a planet that the second moon was about to rise and not second moon second sun yeah it was like 100 and something or 200 and something see you never know exactly so yeah, who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really didn't see Tilk. 
No, you know, until, yeah, he was hiding. He kept getting yeah. stuck on the planet babysitting. Yeah, yeah, which 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 would have been amusing, like if all the Incarns had started complaining to him and like he just said, suck it up or something. You know? Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. That would have been. Why funny, do we have but, to move? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. No. <laughs> my my house was was destroyed by Apophis. Yeah. <laughs> my, my son was kidnapped and brainwashed to turn against me. My my wife divorced me and, and yeah. shacked up with this other guy who uh, turned traitor on me. This is like yeah. who has the worst day kind of yeah, competition. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm considered a traitor by my people. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um yeah, so there's a there's a lot going on there. What I, I think one of my favorite things about this episode though, and we'll probably get to it, is when is when so the big moral dilemma here is is whether or not Jack is gonna order Carter to turn the Nakoda generator into a bomb mm-hmm. because that's the only thing that could possibly scratch this two mile wide ship. Um, <laughs> and it's 20 mile wide energy field, mm-hmm. which yeah. there's some, some disconnect in the writing and the actual like visualization here because mm-hmm. they're like the ship's two miles wide and has a 20 mile wide energy curtain. And I'm like, it just has flamethrowers on it that are like <laughs> burning yeah. what's directly underneath that. I don't see a energy curtain that's, and they keep referring to the energy curtain, the energy curtain. I'm just like, it's just a flame shooting down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, the bomb is sitting on the ground, which is easily, you know, 100, 200 feet below the ship. That's a yeah. heck of a vertical, vertical explosion if you're going to you know, hurt the ship from it. But apparently it would work. Who knows? Well, except for Lotan brought it up into the ship, so it would have worked yeah. really well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do. I love that scene, though, where he brings it up. What's this? Yeah. Something you need to get rid of now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the innocence of Lotan there. Yeah. But I, I do like how Jack completely loses control of SG-1 in this episode. <laughs> like, Carter doesn't want to arm the bomb. She only does it because she's ordered. Jack, like, doesn't strictly disobey an order, but he doesn't follow it either. Yeah. And then when Jack confronts Teal'c about it, Teal'c's like, yeah, I would have disobeyed your order, too. Yeah. And you could see a look of like a Jack's face. He's just like, I've just lost control of this team, yeah. which is yeah. funny. Like in the fourth season, you know, we're three and a half episodes or seasons in now. And um, it doesn't happen too often, but it was, it was kind of a, kind of a uh, interesting moment there. Mor- morality yeah. in question. <laughs> what <Yeah>. to yeah. <laughs> do. <laughs> there, there was kind of a parallel between the actual movie O'Neill, the with one L and this O'Neill. The answer was blow it up. Yep. Big bomb, yeah. blow it up. You know, and that he was almost disappointed that he couldn't use the big bomb to blow it up. So y'all gonna have to refresh my memory. Hammond wouldn't give him uh, extra weapons. Mm-hmm. But where, where was Hammond's stance on blowing up the ship? I think he was pretty clear he didn't want the ship blown up at all. Okay, that's what I thought. He you know, said find the, another way out of this, yeah. yeah. So O'Neill was violating his orders. Carter wanted to. Teal'c would have if he'd issued him orders. Right. And Daniel's over there, like, walking the line. Well, and, and Daniel violated the orders from O'Neill because he didn't, O'Neill didn't want him to go and get on that ship. Mm-hmm. Although he, he did the, well, he did tell me to give him another option, so yep, I'm giving him yep, another option. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll give like him that. Sounds like one of my kids. Like, that's not actually what you said, Mom. Like, you said, you know, like, here's the Quote, exact words yeah. you said. <laughs> I didn't violate that. (laughs) 
And and Daniel, the way he like handles the conversation between the Incarns and Lotan is also pretty slick there because like the Incarns are like, it's because of you we're gonna die. Yeah. And, and Daniel's like like just diffusing the situations. But then he seizes on it too, and and you know, Lotan's like, Oh, these people are like I can see that they they like to be alive and and Daniel yeah. goes, Well, in a way, they're your people, Lotan, because yeah. you've emulated it. And it was kind of that was a very slick kind of like oh, yeah. you know, thinking past the sale, you know, turn yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's using all of his reasoning here, which it was funny because the very first season, we we talked a lot about whether or not Daniel was the moral authority of the team because it was it was said in his yep. eulogy. And uh, it was like, no, 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 first season. But now I feel like they really like lean into that. And of course, every once in a while he goes off off the reservation a little bit or off the deep mm-hmm. end or, you know, he, he does something where we're like, you know, but in this one, again, they just, they had Jack being very military, very quick decisions. This is what mm-hmm. we need to do. And Daniel's over there waving his arms going like, but wait, they're really nice people. And we yeah. have to, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't I, care I like who was here he, first. <laughs> I like that he was able to get Lotan to, to go down to the planet and, oh, this yeah. is a tree. I've heard of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is better than than the ship. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the sterile air on the ship. Yeah, yeah. All these negotiations he's had to do and diplomatic stuff we make fun of. It's like, oh, it's paying off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Lotan Lo, Lo is well. I'm not programmed to look for another op- for another option. I'm not programmed to look for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Daniel. Daniel goes, well, that's my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then he keeps reinforcing, but this isn't against your programming. Yeah. It might not be what your program to do, but but actually you're helping them out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I, and, did your parents specifically say you couldn't go, you couldn't sneak <laughs> right. out and go see this movie, or did they just say you couldn't sneak out? Right. Yeah. Right. Or so that you couldn't go with that friend, like you couldn't ride, yeah. you know, whatever. But they didn't say you couldn't sneak out and walk down the highway yeah. at two a.m. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we we talked before we pushed record that this episode was supposed to be a little darker in ending. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. Uh, you, Victor, you're going to have to say it again because I can't remember all of it. Yeah. So I think I mean it's pretty clear where the where the shift happens. But Daniel, I guess, was going to convince Lotan that you know the Incarns deserve to live, and um, Lotan was going to say, "By golly, you're right," and then hit basically like <laughs> abort on the whole. Uh, terraforming thing and basically like destroy the Gadmir civilization mm. and then um, you know was going to uh, to uh, you know cut to Daniel in his office listening to that awful screechy music which was like mm. the last the last remnants of the Gadmir civilization was this music that Daniel couldn't appreciate because it was written for Gadmirian ears and because right. of him the Incarns are saved but the Gadmir this civilization spanning you know 10,000 years was wiped out but instead, we get, you know, oh, golly gee, look at this. Yeah. I found this perfect planet for the incar- – it's like the literal deus ex machina, you know, out of the machine. We have this like, oh, wow, and, and there's people on it. We, we rejected it because, oh, that's got to be the Ankar in Homeworld. Oh, yeah. well, how do we get them there? Well, you know, even though I only have enough energy to terraform this planet once, and if I pause, I can't restart it, I have enough energy to, like, fly them there and back and then resume. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that, that was it. It was like he couldn't go to another planet because how many resources have expounded on yeah. that planet. Yeah. 
And it's like, okay, does that mean fuel is fine though? Just it's not the terraforming. Yes, yeah, exactly. The terraforming, the terraforming fuel was low, but not the flying around the universe fuel. Yeah, <laughs> whatever was bubbling in those bubblers in his ship, and the ship yeah. was, I think, a redress of Thor's, uh, you know, the Ballistener mm-hmm. in uh, in the previous ship oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, but, but those bubble tanks are are pretty cool. Although I did like the uh, the kind of they pull out just two drawers and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, look at all these like you know sample like slices and stuff and gosh this is a tree and this is a animal yeah. and stuff so it was it was a cool ship it was very white which i imagine that must have been really hard to keep the floors clean while they were filming yeah um, well there's there's one point though where you can see like a close-up on one of the walls and it was literally like diamond plate with white paint on oh, it oh okay you can see the diamond plate <laughs> grid in it oh man <laughs> gosh that's a problem with having higher resolution everything these days yeah yeah, yeah and it's I, I suppose that's where you're talking about where it's a redress of Thor's ship. That's probably exactly what it was. It was a point where there was diamond plate on Thor's ship and they just painted over it. Yeah. yeah. And at one point, like Sam has her P90 or whatever it is. And it looks like really bad. Like there's a light on the side and it looks like it's made out of cardboard or something. Oh. And so, it was, it was, yeah, it was really weird. Like, I mean, maybe that's how it's supposed to look, but it looked like it was just like they gave her a cardboard gun or something really maybe maybe they didn't yeah. only had they only had one gun they only had one yeah. version of the gun at that point no and another thing i got a big kick out of and this part was kind of cool when he like brings up like you know this is a gadmir and they like show him and um anybody who's done any sort of like 3d modeling of of characters will will know what a t-pose is and it's mm-hmm. when you have your character model and they're just standing there with their arms completely out to the side yep. because that's like the default model that you like buy any character model if you buy it off the shelf or if you design it you design it mm-hmm. and so like t-posing is is hilarious to kids who play video games now because it just shows that the animators like didn't care enough to actually like pose the yeah. character and so <laughs> when we first meet the gadmir he's you know it's a computer model of him just suspended in midair and he's t-posing with his arms out to the side <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to the ending. I was going to say, my little Hallmark, Hallmark movie-loving heart loved it. Well, it was a much better ending. It was, yeah. it was a good ending. They all got to survive and live happily ever after. But Jack was, was heartbroken because he couldn't blow something up. I know. He likes blowing things up. Well, and he couldn't blow up a ship with Daniel in it. How many yeah. times now? <laughs> They're like, but sir, you know, like Daniel's on the whatever. And he's like, too bad. Yeah. He should have obeyed orders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I, I know, I know that look that that's a military look of, okay, if you were, if you, you're telling to Daniel, if you were actually in the military, you'd have no rank left. I would bust you down to like nothing. Yeah. He'd go back to basic training. That's the look that he got. Can contractors get fired? Come on. Yeah, exactly. And did did the line like make it into the final episode where where uh, Jack goes like, "I'm glad you I didn't have to blow you up," and and Daniel goes, "Yeah, me too," Mm-mm. or something. No, like, that one didn't make it in. Okay, Mm-mm. I I nope. re- did read something that they had planned to rewrite it on while they were filming, and they just never never did. So they didn't. He yeah, didn't, apo- he didn't apologize. Because the last look on Jack's face was not, I'm glad you weren't blown up. That's it right. was, it was, I wish I could have blown you up so That's I don't right. have to yell at you now. 
Well, and I love Tilk's, you know, Tilk's basically like, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to go up yeah. there on that ship and you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not going to support, I'm not going to back you. I'm going to be there laughing when mom, I mean, Jack gets after you. Right. Looked like an older brother, didn't he? He yeah. yeah. sounded sound like yeah. an older brother. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble if you leave this house. <laughs> I'm not right. going to, st- I'm not going to give you an excuse. I'm going to tell mom you left without, a- without orders. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. So Tilk had very little to do, but he he was he had a ni- some nice little quips. Actually, oh, yeah. they all had some nice little quips, didn't they? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Especially Lotan, yeah. I mean, they got to write some really good, as you said, like Father Corey, like almost data-esque lines. Like when yep. when Daniel comes back and visits Lotan and Lotan has been like, you know, just busying himself about the ship. He's like, oh, yeah, and, you know, I had a chance to uh, to sample some of the sulfur-based atmosphere that we're creating for this planet. And Tantio goes, how was it? And Lotan, like, completely deadpan, goes, not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So same, same thing with the, the, the music. The, the music. Yeah. The music, it's like, it does, it's not supposed to sound like this. Uh-uh. <laughs> These ears, yeah, my- our <laughs> ears don't work with this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the best the civilization has to offer. It's like Noah's Ark, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like yeah. a loop of like some, some SoundCloud like loop that they yeah. yeah. yeah where'd they get it? This is pre SoundCloud. <laughs> That's true. Like Napster, LimeWire. Yeah, yeah, just, have yeah fun? just a couple. They probably took something from their their music files and stripped a little bit from here and stripped a little bit from there and threw it together and said, "This sounds good." <laughs> yeah. Or this sounds really bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so we have another guest star in here, uh, Nikki Smook. And mm. this is her the third character she's played in Stargate. I didn't realize this. She's uh, Michael Greenberg's wife. Mm. And so I guess uh, they would they would just put her in um, now, wherever. Which one was she? She played she the was pregnant. The, yeah, the pregnant right. wife of... Um, okay. Like the the other guy who whined a that lot. That was our Galactica guy. Elium. Yeah. Elium. Yeah. Yep. Cool. We haven't talked about him yet. No, we haven't talked about him. We he haven't talked about He really Zarr. isn't much to talk about. <laughs> well, I just I just met him as an actor. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was that was uh Alessandro Giuliani where like he was uh, a yeah. Lieutenant Gata on BSG. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he's probably most well known for. But And then uh Marilyn Nori, who's been in a ton of stuff, not a lot that I've seen, but she was uh Hedrazar, the 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 uh chief of the uh the blind the car and people, but yeah, but, but it was kind of cool how they, you know, she is, she's blind and they all have yellow eyes and you're like, what's their deal with like their yellow eyes. And then, um, they say, well, you know, they need the certain, they need a heavy ozone layer or else they like go blind from the ultraviolet radiation in a matter mm-hmm. of days. And so obviously she was stuck someplace where they didn't have that. And, um, so she went blind. And so her main thing is to ask like, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into, you know, you promised to help us and why yeah. have you not helped us? And yeah. I also thought it was interesting that this, in this episode, they referenced that this was just one village mm-hmm. of thousands of people. And they don't always do that. A lot of times they act like this one village is like the whole planet and yeah. they acknowledge that it's not. And so I, I'm appreciative of that because you're thinking that you moved the last of these people and there's like 20 of them. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, from like a civilization perspective, does it make sense to have like your civilization in, in like settlements of 20 people spread out over like 
you'd think like a larger settlement with more people, you you you're more you know around the Stargate or something would make more sense. But the I can headcanon that in that like even the Ankarans can't stand being around other Ankarans. <laughs> <laughs> but they were going to name their baby after Colonel O'Neill. That's true. So yeah, they didn't they say now if it was going to be Colonel Jack or O'Neill. They didn't say which part of it. No, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the baby lasts a little bit longer than the uh, warship. Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, exactly. Yeah, we could reference back to 100 days. Just make sure it's not the same name as yeah. that potential kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, of course, one thing that is consistent with with uh, Stargate is we don't see either the Gadmir or the Incarns after this. There's not even yeah. mention of them after this. It's just kind of like they get forgotten. So we don't know, you know, did the uh, terraforming actually succeed? Did the Incarns actually get to their home world or was this another world? Were there people there, you know? Yeah. Were they welcomed? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know any of that. That was just left out. Yeah. Well, the terraforming would destroy the Stargate. They did say that the terraformer would mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. wipe out the Stargate. So the Gadmir didn't care about the Stargate. And so unless the Prometheus or Daedalus swung by the planet at some point yep. to check on them. And from a let's say budget perspective it's really i mean to to have a non-human human form alien yeah with a, you know that is not carbon based it'd be really hard to film that they could just make them invisible and you need a special uh, detector <laughs> yeah. to see them. <laughs> well i mean they they could have you know there could have been a one-liner somewhere that was never even done you know it's like yeah. oh yeah and you know prometheus on the way to 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 atlantis swung by the incarns the- on the way out of the galaxy and all that kind of thing. And so, so now teenage uh, Colonel Jack O'Neill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I did look up the uh, foreign titles. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Brace yourself. These are really original. The Germans. I'm going with the Germans first this time. The incarns. Wow. That's it. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty the, original. The French, scorched earth. Okay. <laughs> the Italians, scorched earth. <laughs> the Czechs, scorched earth. <laughs> Hungarians. I'm, I'm just going to put you out of your misery. Hungarians and Russians, scorched earth. <laughs> so the only other one that's different is the Spanish. And I think they win. Destroyed earth. Ooh, Ooh. I like that one. Well, it's not really earth. No. So Earth as in land, ground. Yeah. Well, yeah, and scorched earth is as as I don't know if we have any people who don't know this, but like, you know, scorched earth is a is a phrase which means basically just like overreacting and causing utter desolation. Like you just yep. go scorched earth on it and just completely wipe out everything because yep. you know, just to get at the one little thing that's it's your like, objective. It, it's like yeah. you know, salt salting the earth so nothing can grow there type yeah. of deal. I mean it's it's Burning your house down for a spider? Yeah. yeah that, okay, would be scorched I, that was just that one time. <laughs> <laughs> and the insurance people were totally cool with it. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big spider. Come on. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so anything yeah. else, guys, or anything from you two? Or? Um, no, I, th- there's, you know, it's, it's an episode. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Haven't convinced him. <laughs> yeah, Brian Brian Markinson is is still the best thing about this episode. I'm glad we don't see the Incarns again. And it, and it was a really cool spaceship. 
I did make a note that uh, with all the exposition at the beginning, I really liked the way they handled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather me too. than it, just Carter and him and walking down a hallway over and over again or whatever. Yeah, yep. It moves very quickly. Like we're on mm-hmm. the planet within like you know a few minutes, we see the ship, and then within like you know sixteen minutes, we meet the robot on the ship, and so there's a, there's a, it moves very quickly. They they yeah. get to the point very quickly, which is good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. No, the only other thing I wrote down is that I watched Stargate is back on Amazon and I watched it on Amazon this time instead of Netflix. And um, wow, they I don't know what they did, but the quality is so much better. Nice. What they are showing on Amazon. Um, It fits my whole screen. Yeah. What they do is they just cut off the top. I know. Six and the bottom six. I started watching it on on Amazon Prime and I went back to Netflix because I need to see it in the original aspect ratio. Otherwise, there's just parts that you're missing. Yeah, but I have a big TV and the Netflix just looks really grainy and dark. So I liked that this looked nice. I'm wondering if Netflix was using uh, the the DVD quality version Mm, and Amazon is using the Blu-ray quality version because they did have an upsampled uh, Blu-ray version that came out a few years ago. Okay. So, and that's that's probably what it is. Is with Amazon, they went okay. We want the you know the 720p version instead of the the 480p version. Yeah. You know, and so that that improves a lot of that. It looked yeah. better, and it was not rated mature audience for nudity. Oh, they fixed that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll have to go on Amazon and see if I can change the aspect ratio because I don't know if that's the only way I can watch something like with the uh, you know the top and bottom cut mm-hmm. off. I'll do it, but if I have an option of watching the, the original 4 or 3, if that's the way it mm-hmm. was presented and framed and, you know, the cinematographer and director and everybody set up their shots that way, that's the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Well, it's yeah. still on Netflix for at least a little while longer. Yeah. They haven't said, but I think November's a year, so the, mm. the guessing is... That's what their is, contracts are, I think, is, you know, any of those streaming services are year-by-year contracts. Yeah. Not, they so they used gone. to be multi-year, but then they realized they made more money by renegotiating every year. <laughs> and I can mail you my DVDs because I can't find... I don't, I don't have a working DVD player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I use my DVDs long enough to rip it to my media server, my Plex media yeah. server, so oh, <laughs> that's how I watch them. I don't even have a DVD player I can plug into my laptop, so I'm, I know. Wow, <laughs> you're, you're so 21st century. <laughs> I'm trying to see what year or what season Stargate moved to 16.9 format. I thought it was around season six or season seven, but it could have I think later. it might have been like when Atlantis came out. It was kind of about that mm, time. So, so it only had a little longer. There. Yeah. But anyways, so... As we, we wrap up here, we'd like to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Susan G., Joe E., Hannah G., St- Stephen B., and Lawrence S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or other podcast apps. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash StarQuestMedia. You can find our previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate. And to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at our email address, stargate at sqpn.com, or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia on Twitter at SQPN, and don't forget about our Discord server at sqpn.com slash Discord. 
Harper will be back next time when we'll be discussing Beneath the Surface, the next episode of SG-1. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Father Corey. Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey, and a robot is a robot, <laughs> sir. And once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>